good tidings of great joy. Well, good tidings, ladies and gentlemen. Good tidings. Good morning. Good to have you today. Thanks for tuning in to the Good Tidings radio broadcast here on the airways of WXAN Radio in Ava, Illinois. 103.9 FM on your radio dial still, if you got that radio dial in these days. 103.9 FM or on the web at www.wxanradio.com. Can you imagine? Here we are, February the 4th already. Uh, that big rodent, I think Punxsutawney Phil, they reported saw his shadow. So he says we're going to have six more weeks of winter weather. Well, I suppose that's probably something that takes place about every year anyway, right? But anyway, the, uh, the big rodent saw a shadow. And it's going to be a little chilly for a while, but we're glad you're here. This is uh, the Good Tidings Radio broadcast. We are spiritually warm in here, folks, and glad to be part of the WXAN family and hope that you are, too, by prayers and supporting this ministry financially. Help them, folks. They're doing a great thing for Jesus Christ. So want to invite you all to be with us on February the 5th. That's tomorrow at the J City Church in Johnston City, Illinois. 10.30 in the morning, there's going to be a concert. It's going to be WXAN Radio Day. Will's going to be there, Danny and Leanne and Melody. And they're going to be singing, and we're going to have worship and just have a good time. I'd love to have you come and be with us. We are going to take up a love offering to support WXAN Radio. But that's going to be tomorrow, February the 5th at 10.30. Now, what I'd like for you to do is uh, stay with me a little bit here today. If I sound a little bit sinusy and nasally, it's because I am. I have been wrestling with some of this crud that's been going around. Not anything contagious or infectious, just uh, makes you sound a little drizzly and droopy and nasally and congested, okay? So you pray for me as I pray for you, and we'll ask God to do something great. Let's, matter of fact, let's pray today, can we? Father in heaven, we're grateful for the time to be around the radio. Thank you for the folks you've assembled to listen. We pray that we could exhort the brethren and so much the more today. And then, Lord, we could evangelize the lost. There's someone here that's listening today, and they don't know for sure that if they died, they'd go to heaven. May this be the day they'll trust Jesus and be born again of your spirit. And Father, may every need that is in the radio land today, spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, and every need be met by the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. And Lord, help us to focus our minds upon you and help us to realize you're in control of what's going on in life. And we give you all the praise, honor, and glory for never leaving us nor forsaking us, giving us the spirit to abide with us. And we want to lift up Jesus today. So help us as we preach and teach your word to glorify you. And we thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Open your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6. And I'm going to draw your attention to a very familiar passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter number 6. And you'll know that this is part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And here we are, what? the fourth day of February in the year of our Lord, 2023. I want to speak to you this morning on priorities, properly placed priorities. 
properly placed priorities. You hear a lot of talk about priorities, and truly, you have to have priorities, folks, if you're going to accomplish and stay focused and uh, be what you need to be for Christ and for whatever you do in your life. You need to be focused. Maybe you're going to try to be focused upon losing weight, upon getting in better cardiovascular shape, uh, reading your Bible more, whatever. you got to have some priorities to reach the goals that you've set for yourself this year. Christ-honoring goals, number one, I hope. And then number two, the rest of our life fades out from there. We can have priorities in our life as well. But in Matthew chapter number six, look with me, please, at verse number 25. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 25, if you have a red letter edition of the Bible, you will know that this is the, these are rather the words of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, therefore I say unto you, now put your name in there, put your picture in there when he says you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat? and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? And which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Now notice verse 33. This will constitute our text and our message. Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now folks, by way of introduction, the Lord not only taught that we are to have priorities, but he himself was a man of priorities, the Lord Jesus. For instance, in John chapter number four, when his disciples went to town to buy meat, he said, before I eat, I must needs go through Samaria. Why? Because an unsaved woman will be coming to the well there. And she's been married five times and is now living with a man who's not her husband. And that at that particular point in his life, Something else came before eating. So Jesus had a priority. He was going down to meet this lady and went her to himself. So even before Jesus was dying, even rather when he was dying, before he asked for anything for himself, he asked for, his, uh, he asked for others. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. To the thief on the cross, he said, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. He said to John concerning his mother, Behold thy mother, and to his mother, woman, behold thy son. From that day she went home with John, and he took care of her. You see, Jesus was a man of priorities who practiced having them, and he also taught priorities. For instance, in this particular text, in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things 
and that's having reference especially to food, clothing, and the necessities of life, shall be added unto you. When he sent his disciples to preach, he said unto them in Romans, or rather, he said, go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So there was somebody first and somebody second. And then before they went out to preach, he said, Tarry ye here in Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. He was saying, Hey, I want you to preach, but first I want you to have the power of the Holy Spirit upon your life and your lives. So wait for that power first and then go and preach. So after example after example, folks, type after type, you could find that Jesus taught priorities and he also had priorities. Now, you may not have things listed 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, all the way down to 10. But what you're, what you're realizing is there are some things that are first in your life. There are some things, folks, that have to be first in your life. And priorities are necessary if we're going to be spiritually strong, if we're going to be effective for the Jesus Christ in winning lost souls to him and glorifying him in our preaching, our teaching, our living in our businesses and whatever else we do, we have to have priorities first. So Jesus is not, he doesn't ever speak prohibitive of things such as things in our life. He just says there ought to be a priority to the things in life, okay? So let's consider some points today as we consider properly placed priorities. Number one, the clear command, the clear command. He said, but seek ye first, the kingdom of God. Now, the word seek means to go after. Don't just say it'd be nice to have God uh, as the Lord of my life, but seek him to be the king or the Lord of your life. Set it for God to be, have absolute rule and control over your life more than anything else. You see, for Jesus to be the Lord of your life, it means for him to be the master of your life. He saved you by grace through faith in him and his shed blood on the cross, burial, and resurrection. But he's the only the Lord of your life if you make him the Lord of your life and you don't push your will over his. A lot of folks are afraid to make Jesus the Lord of their life and give him an absolute surrender in their life for fear of what God may ask them to do for him. What if he asks you to sell your business and become a missionary? Well, folks, that would have been the best thing that could have happened to you. What if he wants you to go out and start a, a church from scratch? You know, I have found out it's easier to give birth than it is to raise the dead when it comes to churches. But that would have been the best thing that could have happened to you. You can have nothing better, and I can't either, than for God's perfect will in our life. Think about this. The clear command, but seek ye first. So the first thing God wants us to do is seek to have him rule our life. Now, if you don't know Jesus as Savior, nothing else in your life really matters right now because when you die, you die lost with him. Without him, rather, than you go to a place where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. That's called hell and the lake of fire. But friend, you don't have to because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son 
that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus, born of the Virgin Mary, who lived a sinless life, to die primarily on the cross of Calvary, a vicarious death. That means that he took your sins, and he not yours only, but the sins of the whole world. He took the sins of the world in his own body on the tree, on the cross. Nails were put in his hands and feet. His beard was plucked. He shed his blood in our place to pay the sin debt that we owed. They crucified him in a Roman cross. He died. They put him in a borrowed tomb, and then he was resurrected the third day for our justification. In other words, so we could stand before God cleared and clean from all the guilt of sin. So Christ paid for your sin, and now you have to recognize that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one, Romans 3 and verse 10. So you have to accept that you are a sinner, and you have no hope of heaven, and you owe a penalty. Because of your sins, you owe a penalty to God. And if you got the wage that you deserve for being a sinner, that would be to die lost without Christ and burn forever. But because God loves you, he sent Jesus down to die for you, and Jesus did that. He was buried and resurrected. And now, if you as a sinner will completely trust him, Jesus, to be your personal Savior, God will save you. He will save you and forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, and you'll be saved and experience the second birth. So today, if you'd like to follow me in this prayer, from the sincerity of your heart, there's nothing more important than you accepting Jesus as your Savior or trusting Him to be your Savior. If you'd like to trust Him to be your Savior, then follow me in this prayer, from the sincerity of your heart. Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I'm trusting you and you alone to be my personal Savior. Now, folks, the Bible says if you've done that and called upon the Lord, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, Romans 10 and 13. Write me at drdave13 at gmail.com, drdave13 at gmail.com. I've got some materials for you I'd like to share you free of charge. As steps in a new direction for a new Christian. So once he's your Savior, now you can make him the Lord of your life. So seek to have God rule over your life, would you? He wants to do that, and he will do that. So the first clear command was what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now he says, and his righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What's that mean? It very simply means this, folks that you'll let God live the life of the Lord Jesus through you, that you want to please the Lord. The righteousness of Christ has been applied to you through salvation, and now you yield yourself to the Spirit to live the life of Christ through you. And, folks, it's a beautiful thing to allow God's Word, as we learn the Bible, put it into practice in our life, whether it's a command, whether it's a principle. And God will bless you for being obedient to his word. And very simply, the righteousness of Christ has been applied to you. Let the life of Christ be lived through you by the Spirit. So seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then he goes on to say in the clear command, 
All these things shall be added unto you. Now, what does that mean? All these things. Food, clothing, and the necessities of life. God knows what you need to pay your bills. He knows what you need to meet the need that you have financially in your home. And he will provide that if you'll put him first in your life. Every Christian that's been a Christian very long and discipled should understand that we need to return a tenth of our income or the tithe to Christ, to the church, to the radio station, wherever you're fed. I am your radio pastor. Support WXAN Radio with your tithe and love offering. But folks, a tenth of what you make belongs to the Lord. Return it to Him. The 11% on up, that free will offering, God will bless you if you'll give it, and He will. So He knows you've got need. So return your tithe, give freely to the Lord of the offering, and let God bless you. He knows that your bills need to be paid, and He'll meet those needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. So we see the clear command to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If we're going to have properly placed priorities in our life, we must number understand, number one, the clear command. Then number two, the constant conflict. Not, not only the clear command, but notice secondly, the constant conflict. You see, you don't establish your priorities once for all and forever, and they stay that way. The devil never gives up on you. He uses things like prosperity to interfere with your life. God blesses you. You begin to prosper spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially. And if you're not careful, prosperity will become your God, seeking riches seeking just a little bit more financially. Prosperity brings conflict into the life of the Christian if it's not managed and dealt with correctly because all of a sudden money will start wanting to be first in your life instead of Jesus being first in your life. You need a house. You need a car. You need those things. God knows that. But you need to put Christ first and be aware that the constant conflict of prosperity will interfere. The devil will give you a job to take you out of church if you're not careful. God knows you need a job, but he also knows you need to be in the house of God serving him, worshiping him in spirit and in truth. So there's a constant conflict. When you set your priorities, the devil's not going to quit on you. He's going to try to use prosperity to get you to change your priorities and having Jesus first in your life. He's also in the constant conflict going to use popularity. Now, don't kid yourself, preacher especially, singer, songwriter, Christian musician, whatever your talents are, they've been given to us to glorify Jesus Christ and to lift him up and exalt him and preach his gospel. But you'll become popular among people. And if you're not careful, popularity begins to creep in the way to get you to move your priorities. You see, when you're going to tell the truth as a born-again Christian, I know, and as a God-called man to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we have to preach messages that are very hard. And if we're not careful, we'll take away from the message or try to soften the edges of the message in order to make it more palatable to the human being, to the people. 
And that's not what God called us to do. He said to preach the word. But when we become more popular with people, if we're not careful, we'll begin to water down the message because we don't want to become unpopular by stating a truth that is still a Bible truth because sometimes when you say something, you're going to get shot at. And I understand that because none of us like to be criticized. But folks, if you're not careful in the constant conflict, prosperity will begin to get you to move your priorities. Popularity will begin to get you to move your priorities. What about pleasure? Prosperity bids for first place. Popularity bids for first place. And also pleasure bids for first place. So you got the constant conflict. Every day of your life, you got to make this choice, the crucial choice. What's going to be first in your life? And then the constant conflict. Is Jesus going to be first in your life? Or is pleasure, popularity, or prosperity going to cause you to rearrange your priorities? Thirdly today, as we consider properly placed priorities in our life, thirdly, I submit to you the crucial choice. May I say in the third place, there is a crucial choice because the choice you make has far-reaching effects. Remember that. The Bible teaches us that the choices we make have consequences, the crucial choice. Now, there is a crucial choice, folks, that has far-reaching effects because it determines your success in life. If you get your priorities right, you're going to see God's blessings upon your life by seeking Jesus first. And keeping him first in your life. Is he first in your life? If he's not, he wants you to put him back first in your life. And folks, as we think about the crucial choice, I think that first among all services given to humanity and to the communities in which our churches are in, listen closely, the first among all services to our society is winning souls to Jesus Christ. Winning lost souls to Jesus. Preacher, church, church member, Christian, are you winning souls to Christ? Are you being a witness? If not, nothing else really matters. Nothing is more important than getting people saved. Salting down America, if you will, because we're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Folks, you can't do anything better for your society than to win souls to faith in Jesus Christ. And I think the first among all these privileges is prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. The first among books in our Bible, or books in our life, should be the Bible. I have a lot of commentaries, but there's no book in my library like the Bible. I want to read it some every day. I want to pray some every day. I want to win some souls to Christ every day. And they're high on my priority lists. And these are these are things that we ought to get first in our life. And when you learn to get first things first, you will find that other things begin to fall in line. When you start buttoning your shirt, if you get the first button wrong, you can't get any of the other buttons right. And a lot of folks get the first button wrong in their life when it comes to priorities. The idea, folks, of being a pastor is not to build buildings. That's one of the means to the end. The idea of being a pastor is not to have X number of people in Sunday school or in church. That's one of the means to an end. The big thing for a preacher 
of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ is to get people saved and keep them out of hell. Amen. There is a crucial choice. As you consider the choice in the time we have left about properly placed priorities, choose the spiritual over the carnal. I want to give you a suggestion. Choose, don't choose the thing that satisfies the flesh. Choose the spiritual over the carnal. There was a little slogan, folks, for years, and I shudder every time I hear it, and here's what it is, and I quote, whatever makes you feel good, do it, unquote. Folks, that's a terrible choice. That's a terrible, cruel choice. Don't choose what makes you feel good or necessarily what gives you pleasure. Choose in line with God's purpose for your life. Choose the spiritual over the carnal. Quickly, in the crucial choice, choose the eternal over the temporal. What are you doing in life that's going to outlast this life? Winning souls to Christ will outlast this life. It is good to feed people, to water them, to clothe them. Those are good Christian ministries. We need those. They're wonderful. They're vital. But if we don't win people to Christ, folks, those other things are going to fall off. They're only temporary. Their soul, that person's soul, is eternal. Now remember that. People last. Nothing else do. So today, do you have properly placed priorities? Is Jesus first in your life or has he been moved out? I ask you to rearrange your priorities in line with God's will for your life. Put Jesus first in your life and realize, folks, the clear command, the constant conflict, and the crucial choice. And then in conclusion, put Jesus first in your life. Serve him, win souls, and do something for that has an eternal effect and not just a temporary effect. Thank you for listening to the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast. I am your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton. Uh, come and support WXAN Radio, folks. God bless you. Have a wonderful day, and we'll look forward to being with you again real soon. So fear not, fear not, for I bring you yeah, yes. tidings of great joy. Oh, yes. The Messiah has come to deliver the world from their sin. Glory to God in the highest, peace and goodwill toward all men. It's my job to spread the news to every man, woman, girl, and boy. It's my job. Time.